The vein on your forehead is <laughs> upping out. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Brunch Book Club. The podcast where brunch, books, and booze collide. I'm Tara. And I'm Tati. And you can sit, sit with us. us. Woo! Yeah. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> hey, girly pop. Hey. How are you doing? I'm good. Actually, <laughs> I was like, am I good? Oh my god, I spent four hours at A&E on Friday. What? So you know how I hurt my foot? Oh my god, yeah. yes! So I went to the GP on Friday because I had enough. You hobbled there? Yes. How did you get the appointment? I called them at 8.30 in the morning and I was like, Listen, bitch. Please, sir. Please see me. <laughs> like, I cannot walk. Um, and there was a phone appointment available like a couple hours later. Mm-hmm. I had that phone appointment and the gp was like lol it sounds like you should probably come and see the doctor and i was like that's what i've been trying to do actually so this is great that we're on the phone and not in person so i went to the gp and the gp felt my foot up which was nice got a little foot massage um thank you nhs and was basically like you might have a hairline fracture oh um and it's totally up to you to go to Annie now or you can wait 10 days which is the appointment that I've like referred you for and I was like okay well what happens if I wait and he was like it gets worse and I was like cool yeah and I was like but if I have a hairline fracture now how do I just like order it like get a taxi and go to A&E like what happens now? and he was like it's up to you. And I was like, I don't want to adult. Like, tell me what to do. Like, is my leg gonna fall off? Like, what (laughs) is this? So anyway, I went to A&E. Spoiler alert, I don't have a hairline fracture. Oh, that's good. But I had to spend four and a half hours sitting in A&E. And it is such a wild place. Oh, is this your first time? Yeah. Like, the cast of characters there. Oh, yeah. On a Friday evening? No, Friday lunchtime, just after lunch. Mm, yeah, you should have waited to the evening, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for content alone. Yeah. It was insane. Like, there were so many people who were in horrific pain. There was one guy who was you holding... Like, one of them was me? Yeah, I, like, had my leg, like, up on the wall. I was like, gotta keep it elevated. You wouldn't get it. Like, I might have a hairline fracture. Oh, my God. Um, but there was this guy who had a his hand in a hand towel that was soaked in blood. Because he was just sitting there, like, bleeding out. And, like, the NHS is under an incredible amount of pressure. There's so much that could be said about this that, like, doesn't need to be said on this podcast. But no. as my first experience of A&E, it was a formidable experience. Yeah. It was such an interesting place. There is nothing more humbling and a smack in the face of reality of how bad our NHS is at the moment. It's crazy. Yeah, it's dying. So here we are. Get that private healthcare. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you can, yeah, if you can get it, get it. And if you got it, use it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 
Other than that, yeah, I'm I'm doing great. I don't have no a hairline, hairline fracture. Yeah, I got two foot massages on Friday. <laughs> don't have a hairline fracture. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, big crazy week. Okay. Yeah, crazy crazy busy week, which I've just been so busy. I'm yeah. booked and busy. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I would like to book Our little in. Girl boss. Oh god, I'd like to book in with my bed and. Okay. I, I need to spend some time with her. I feel yeah. like I've been neglecting her recently. But then <laughs> Miss Insomnia comes along. She's like, bitch, where you been? Yeah. I'm like, not sleeping. Like, Let's chat. Let's explore our feelings. I'm like, can we go through everything that you may have ever made a mistake oh, on this ever? Is one of my biggest fears in life is to suddenly develop insomnia. I'm one of those people that like, as soon as I get in bed, I'm asleep. Oh, then we so need to like, have... shut up. No, no more of this Well, this is the thing. No. It's like once a oh. quarter... Like, three nights every four months, basically, Mm -hmm. I won't be able to sleep. Or it'll just take me a really long time to fall asleep. And every single time it happens, I lay there in the darkness, and I'm like, oh my god, it's finally happening. I have insomnia. I'm never going to be able to sleep again. Which, like, then the next night I'm fine, or two nights later I'm fine. But, yeah, I have this, like, irrational fear that suddenly I just won't be able to sleep. But other than that... (laughs) you're like so your fear is my life okay (laughs) but also very excitingly went to a little cheeky film screening didn't i yes tell us tell us about it some of the book club girlies came along we felt very influencer yeah i had real fomo yeah i mean we did i did next time well i did invite you and then you were like "Mm, i don't think i have like i have plans yeah and then you gotta book me out three months in advance (laughs) i think it was about three months ago oh (laughs) that just tells you how busy and popular i am okay but then you did come crawling back you're like so about that is there still like my plans might have fallen through (laughs) no it's fine how was how was the movie it was american fiction okay yeah which is based on a book that we well an author that we read last year actually we read the trees by percival everett and this one is one that he published in 2001 and it's called Erasure. I think there's some really interesting rhetoric going around about how the film came to be and how meta it is for the content of the book versus, you know, mm. the fact that it's being made into a film but it's a it's a book about a book being made into a film and, and it's okay, very satirical. <laughs> yeah. It, there was a moment in, in the film that the rest of the gullies felt as well where we were like, hold on a minute. Yeah. Is this Inception? Is it a dream within a dream within a dream within yeah. a dream? We don't know. Uh, but it was very, very good. And it's now been nominated for Oscars and very deservedly so. Because I'm a film critic now. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, you've been booked and busy. You said it was a busy week. Starting a new career. I am. It's crazy. <clears throat> you yeah. can catch me on IMDb. <laughs> giving out ratings. On letterbox. Yeah. Me and me and A.O. That <laughs> <laughs> girl. Uh, yeah. You still haven't DM'd us. And we're, we are still waiting. It's okay. I'm patient. Like, take your time. No, well, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Please be my friend. <laughs> Come to brunch, girlie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also we've got a uh, brunch coming up. Yeah. Yeah, it's soon. It's yeah. this week. Yeah, this week. It's Crazy. So exciting. It'll be nice to see everybody. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. If you didn't get tickets, girls, get on it. Sign yeah. up to the mailing list. You can sign up via our website, which is mm-hmm. brunchbookclub.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at brunchbookclub.com pod or brunch book club we've got two uh they're sisters they vibes follow both please do (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's not dealer's choice follow both thank you yeah come on are you our friends or not like what would ao do she'd follow both she would 
Well, she will. She will. Yeah. She will. Manifesting. Manifesting. <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing. And shout out to Tandem Collective who gave us the opportunity. And I also got a free copy of the book. They wow. did. Oh, it was very Oprah. You know that bit where she comes out and she's got were that... Were they throwing them out at everybody? Wow. It was better than that. It was okay. better. I think they must have been inspired by 90s Oprah. Yeah. Or maybe 2000s where she goes, everybody look under your seats. You get a car and you get a car and you yeah. get a car. <laughs> Except not everybody got a book. <laughs> so oh my god, not everybody got a car. What? <laughs> so they basically... Was it like every other seat or like very random? Very like random. one in a row? Very, very random. And this is how specific it was. She said there are 17 copies. 17? The- how many people are there? 50. Okay, listen. I know we talked about how The Hunger Games yeah. is the series that I would be in. I, like, it's over. Yeah. For you. Because well, I'm going to get the book in. I feel like you and I, we'd either have to tag team together or I'd be like, bitch, I will give you a hairline fraction. You'd be no, like, oh, you want to talk about sciatica? Yeah. You want to? I mean, this is the thing. Is how that many if discs I went, do you like? <laughs> like, if I went to, th- if I was there... And you got a book and I didn't, I actually would not speak to you for like 45 minutes. And I would know that I was being immature and it was unnecessary and I could just go buy the book if I really wanted it. But there's just, there's something about free shit and oh. there's something about like un, or inconsequential competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I would absolutely lose my mind. That's crazy. Did mm-hmm. she do this at the beginning yeah. of the film? Before the screen? No. So we were all looking under the seats and everyone was like, oh... I didn't get one. No, absolute chaos. I think it's also... I Just pull out a bow and arrow. Yeah, that bow! Or going in the tree. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> I was potentially nursing a hangover. Okay. Uh, so naturally I had a massive tankard of wine. A uh, beer. At the cinema? Yeah, it's one of those that oh. you can take drinkies in. Oh! And we also sat on little sofas. Oh, I love yeah. those movie theatres. I mean, so I funky. sat on my Was own. it in Everyman? No, it wasn't. It's, okay, uh, but that cousin. like style. Cousins Crazy. in Allgate. Okay, very nice, very similar vibes. Okay. Then I went for pizza. Okay, yeah, it was lovely. Wow, that was really nice. <laughs> I love that the come down, and then I went for pizza. Yeah, it was lovely. Wow. Yeah, and then came home. Okay, so you, are you recommending this film to everybody? Absolutely, absolutely, it was brilliant. Um, it's ha- already out. It's already out. Yeah, uh, I think it had a very. I think it was. It was premiered at um, some kind of small film festival. <laughs> Could have been Cam. Wait! Oh my God! Hunger Games. The guy in this film it's is me in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> my brother. Everything leads back. back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very, very good. It's very funny. It, it is a bit, um, it's a bit, it is definitely meta, but it's also really interesting sitting in a room full of book lovers and the ratio was majority were white. It was mm. diverse, but it was majority was white and it's definitely a, a film that pokes fun at the whiteness of the publishing industry mm. and, and how tropes are kind of continued through literature and reflected back into the books that are bestsellers. It's really clever. Okay. It's really tender as well. And there are moments I cried. I cried. On brand. Yeah, for me. Listen, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> and an emotional bitch. Yeah. <laughs> My best friend always jokes that I'm a big softie. I'm like, no, yeah. me bitch. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, mm, okay, sure. Yeah. Like, keep telling yourself that. That's and I'm fine. like, no, me bitch. Yeah. It's like, say it to me, say it back. Or I'll cry. Yeah. I am Tara, me bitch. <laughs> My pronouns are miserable bitch. Yeah. 
So it was brilliant. I would really... Great, so you're doing well. I'm doing really well. <laughs> you're I'm crying well. now. Yeah. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, really, really good. Oh, good. Um, I'm sad you couldn't come because I think you would have loved it as well. Yeah. I can't comment on, because we are those people who we go and see a film and it's like, mm, that wasn't in the book. Mm, that didn't happen. So I can't do that yet. Because now I got my free copy, I will be reading it. Maybe yeah. we read it for the pod. Yeah. And then we can have a little girl day. And discuss and... the film. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. And if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Get your tickets. It's worth it. It yeah. really is. It was, It was. yeah, really, quite profound as well. Okay. And hilarious. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, really, oh. really funny. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I really want to go and see it, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But now, girlie, what are we drinking this week? This week? <gasps> I'm excited we for this one. are having... <laughs> Don't have any eyes. <laughs> uh, we are having Betty Buzz. Yes, off of Blake Livy. Yeah. Which is lovely, actually, because she doesn't drink herself mm-hmm. and you are still in your sobriety yeah. era. I'd rather it not be a full era. I kind of like era because it's like, ooh, interesting. That denotes a very long time. Six I weeks mean, is a yeah. really long time. <laughs> it's an era. <laughs> to be fair, if you make it through our first brunch bat, yeah, you can slap yeah. that era. Ladies hold me accountable this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I will not. It's like my skill might be making mimosas, but this weekend it will just be For having orange juice. Yeah. Aww. Well, this is the beauty of Betty Buzz. Is she, that... she knows her non-alcoholic. It's very difficult to not drink because yeah. you've got sodas that are really sugary or you have water. Yeah. And that's part of her whole marketing is she's catering to those who don't drink. Yeah. But also can confirm I'm not doing the non-alcoholic version (laughs) again also on brand and i've added tequila as per the recipe they have uh on their packaging they have little recipes of how to make it so i've added tequila mine and it's delightful which flavor is this one this is a grapefruit so you've got a little paloma happening in your glass and and i've got hate grapefruit it's so nice but this is delightful yeah Yeah, i I feel like grapefruit can be really tart and bitter Mm. but this is has a nice like sweetness to it yeah but not sickening i mean She does say to rim with salt. Yeah. No, I just lied. She rims the glass with sugar. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, okay, well, we didn't do what she suggested, but okay. (laughs) It's like this moment of internal panic. I'm like, oh my God, we did it with sugar. Maybe that's why it's sweet. Well, you read it, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's sugar. But the drink itself doesn't taste overly sugary. No, it's really nice. Yeah. I would have this again. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Shout out to Blake. Yeah, shout out to Blake. Shout out to Betty. Yeah. Cheers to the drink of the week. book of the week the book of the week is cleopatra and frankenstein i have seen that on every single it's everywhere fucking tube ride i've been on it's everywhere the cover on the tube okay i was thinking it was like the bookshop well that too but the tube i've seen actually to be fair i saw someone at work reading it during lunchtime i asked them what they thought of it and this was before we read it and oh, you're like, do you like listening to podcasts? Yeah. You should listen to mine. I was like, I should track her down now. And be like, by the yeah. way. 
Like, yeah, just post internally. If you've read this book recently, please reach out. I have a very important update. All internal comms. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just come just to at everyone yeah. at the company. <laughs> Not even BCC. Yeah, just... no. <laughs> In case you're wondering, I've started a new venture, a new adventure, if you will. Please listen to this podcast. Thank you kindly. Yeah. So what it's not is? Too much to ask for. <laughs> well, is it? Pay no. rise or We're podcast? Ma- One of them is going to be successful. Yeah, I mean, I'll take both if I can, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I'm going to manifest that for you, for sure. <laughs> the two Ps, pay rise and podcast. Let's pretty go. Good. Yeah. I feel like this is completely unqualified and off the cuff, but things that rhyme have a better chance of being manifested. Mm-hmm. We're here for I'd the- die on that hill. I live for alliteration. It's so good. Not like the Peter Piper picked pepper. Oh bullshit! But if you have like... you ever seen that Zendaya commercial that she did where she was Sally selling seashells? Sorry, Zendaya who would play you in? Yeah, yeah. Me? Have you seen me in this commercial? <laughs> yeah, she did it with like Amex or something a couple of years ago. Surely it wasn't Amex. No, but it was like a a bank. And the whole thing was that like Sally is like the small business owner selling seashells by the seashore. Sally. Sells seashells, seashells by, by the seashore. seashore. Yeah. So they had her and like, I'm pretty sure it was a seashell Stop. bikini top. Yeah. But maybe I'm just putting Little Mermaid on the shore. Listen. I don't know. The point is that I was in this commercial and I did incredibly well. Was Daddy Triton there? No. He would get it. He could get it. Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole. Yeah. I've got a top three. Oh. Yeah, Disney, Disney Kings. Kings? Oh. <laughs> it's tough. It gets tough in okay. the top three. Triton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ariel also get back in the fish tank because you're 16. Shut 14. up. 14. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Shang. Oh, yeah. Shang's schlong. I'm sure it's massive. Thirdly. Yes. Zero personality, but for the looks alone. Is it Flynn Rider? He's got a personality, are you joking? Oh, yeah. I actually slept slept with somebody who reminded me so much of Flynn Rider. Really? Yeah. Similarly, also Prince Naveen, annoying and played a ukulele. Prince Naveen. Oh, from The Princess and the Frog. Mm -hmm. Yes. Annoying. Yeah, but his accent. Oh, the person, the character that I really love <laughs> from The Princess and the Frog. The, the Firefly? Yeah. No, stop. With Evangeline? Stop. Oh, no, 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 because he dies. The Firefly's yeah. life is so short. And then at the end, you see the little star next to Miss Evangeline in the sky. The way that I still weep every time I see that scene. Mm. It's the best. It's no, the best. The I last Disney film that made me cry was Coco. Oh, Coco's Remember me? Yeah. Like, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. Yeah, yeah. no, I can't, no. It's like, this was nice. I'd rather Please a baby Guinness, let me forget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, other three, the one that's that's not a personality hire, he's just a prissy, is Prince Eric. Mm. Because he's prissy, but no personality. Have you seen the live action Little Mermaid? Not yet. Okay. The So the other one, Rogue... But I know that there are people who would agree with me. The fox from Robin Hood. Everybody always says that. The vibe. I, the, it's, he's the vibe. I'm so concerned. I mean, it's the same with, like, Mufasa. Mufasa. Yeah, like, I get it. But it's also like, y'all, <laughs> we really need to have a look in at ourselves. I'd rather Scar 
And that explains that my dating life. That so much. That says so much. Um, and anyway, so yeah. Cleopatra and Frankenstein. Can you give us a synopsis, please? So it all starts in the great plains of Africa. <laughs> <laughs> a so new king was never go there. Yeah. A new king is born. No, I'm kidding. Hama, hama, hama. Yeah. <laughs> As you were saying. Yes, this is not doing very Also, the concrete jungle, if you will. The con- oh my god, yeah. Circle back here to here episode yeah. one. <laughs> so let me tell you about Cleo and Frank. Cleopatra and Frankenstein. Ooh. Um, so Cleopatra and Frankenstein, it explores a chance encounter in a New York City stairwell, romantic, that quickly <laughs> morphs into a relationship that will define two people forever. The stairwell lovers take the form of Cleo, who is naturally a young, broke artist with a soon-to-expire visa, and Frank, who's a successful marketing exec, who's only 20 years her senior. It's the definition of romance. Yeah, we love a good big... Love and age gap. Mm. She lied. <laughs> so as all great stairwell love stories start, these two run headfirst towards each other and away from deportation <laughs> with a hope of love, stability, passion. And we get to learn how one moment can change the trajectory. Ooh, that's a word. Want to say it again? Trajectory. Pew, pew. Ooh. Of our lives and those around us forever. Well, I have a little bit of info about you for our girl Coco Mallis. Okay. Uh, which I think actually... What's the tea? Well, what's the tea tea? She, when you get to know her a little bit more, a lot of the storylines and arcs make a bit more sense. Okay. Yeah, so buckle in. Like Cleo, she's from London. No way. Yeah, and she moved to New York as a teenager. <laughs> How's that peppermint tea going down? That is a check, check. Yeah, um, tick, tick. Yeah. Um, and actually, she is very smart. She's a smart cookie. Okay. She did her MFA in fiction at okay. NYU. Okay. Yeah, okay, girl. Yeah, um, get them degrees. Yeah. We love it. We love yeah. to see a graduate going on and graduating again. Yeah. She also started writing uh, Cleopatra and Frankenstein when she was the grand old age of 25. Oh. And Cleo is only 24. And much like her protagonist, she is also very blonde and very youthful looking. That is a check, 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 check. Okay. Yeah. It's not a biography. Mm. But Maybe. inspiration everywhere. Maybe it's like her alternate self in a different dimension. Well, that would be interesting, um, and we'll unpack that later. Okay. Um, but no spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers, guys. Um, listen, we're neutral in this section. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly, though, she, as I said, she started writing it at twenty-five, but it didn't like she didn't it didn't come to fruition, come all together. She pitched it to many, many people, and it was rejected multiple, multiple times, um, and it didn't. That's really tough. It must be. Yeah. Could you imagine spending basically your life's work? Yeah, I'm like, if I ask a friend to hang out with me and they say no, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go hide in a closet and never leave or the darkness. we start a podcast and put it out and wait Stop. for people. Stop, don't even put that in to the ether. I, <laughs> the way my heart just started pounding a little bit faster. Yeah. And have a sip so, of tea. So, fair, fair play to her. Yeah. She, but she, it didn't Shout get- out to Perseverance. Good for you, Coco. 
But, so it started, she started when she was 25. She carried on trying to pitch it. Didn't actually get bought until she was 30. And then it didn't get published until she was 32. So I think she's around 34 now. Um, okay. Because it exploded last year. But interestingly, especially when we come on to the themes that are in the book, she got sober at 26. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I, there's a lot of trends at the moment with people deciding to go sober. And I think, you go, girl. Uh, yeah. You my, do what's right for you. Not the life for me. I yeah. love a vino. But I think, yeah, really interesting. But she framed it as um, the beginning of the most beautiful part of her life. And it was a real fertile part of her life where she was really inspired by the things that were happening in her life. And she met her now husband during that period and then they moved to LA and now live there and that's another city that features in this book yeah okay yeah some would say autofiction yeah some would just say inspired um we will unpack <laughs> and then um interestingly she's recently announced that Cleopatra and Frankenstein has been bought and optioned as a tv series so it's currently being worked on is it by Reese is Reese <laughs> I bet it's yeah, by yeah. Reese <laughs> Reese, the you, monopoly that she has. I literally the monopoly that she has. Yeah. She's like, to be fair, she, she is the great. Industry. Yeah, she makes great adaptations. I'm not that mad about it. No, Big Little Lies was well. Good. Yeah, um, but also she's got her next book coming out this year. Okay, which is very, as the media would say, hotly anticipated. Oh, sophomore um, album is uh, Blue Sisters, which is coming out in April. So. Listen to our review. Maybe go and pick that up from your yeah. bookstores in April. But I'm intrigued to read it. I've seen the cover and it's as sexy as Cleo and Frank. It does have a beautiful Let me rephrase cover. that. As sexy as Cleopatra and Frankenstein, the book, not to them as character. Ooh. Okay. Tell me what you think. Initial? Initial thoughts. Um, what was the point? Yeah. That's the thought. Okay, <laughs> that's what we're going with. It's, it seems so kind of rudimentary and basic to reduce it just to that, but I read it and kept... I was I was captured by her writing style, and it did keep me engaged to mm. a degree, but I got to the end of the book and I just thought, what was the fucking point? Yeah, what's the takeaway? There was what's none. the reason? Um, what was that reason? <laughs> um... I didn't feel that strongly, but I was just like, Pfft. yeah. I just didn't. I don't know what the lesson was meant to be, but yeah. equally, I don't think you always have to have a lesson. That said, it, yeah, it didn't land with me in the way that I thought it would. So, mm. yeah, I think that's fair because even based off of my synopsis of the book, it is meant to be the story of understanding the impact that the decisions that you have have on the people around you and how two people two unhealthy people when they collide how that the wake of destruction that that leaves i think that was very evident throughout the book but the like so what and like redemption arc i think was a bit lacking for my preference okay okay we can get into it because we will but I think to set the scene, mm. let's just run through our key players, Fine. key characters, and our initial thoughts. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lead. Okay. I hope, okay. I hope you don't mind. 
Um, Frank, address your fetishization of youth, please, sir, and also accept your average at best. I wrote for him patriarchy defined and also <laughs> contact lenses. Please. For those on audio, I just pushed my glasses. We are both wearing glasses yeah. and we are both offended. Uh, okay, Cleo, leave the soil alone, bitch. And stop martyring yourself. She, right, say it for me. Don't piss me off. Yeah. Consider me pissed. That is what I wrote for her is don't piss me off. And then I said high horse. <laughs> high horse, don't piss me off, immature. Couldn't get higher. But she will try. I do love this back and forth of you have actual descriptions and I have... High horse. <laughs> High horse contact lenses. I'll let you figure out what that means. <laughs> um, Eleanor. Yeah. Oh, nothing. Oh, do you not have oh, anything? Oh, I have... Oh. Okay, you go and then I'll react. Okay, Eleanor. You can do fucking better than Frank, girl. That's fair. I said, ugly duckling loved because she is quote-unquote normal and funny. And funny. And funny. Remember, girls, if you're funny, you too can get a man like Frank. Like, if you're ugly, maybe try to be funny and then you'd find someone. Like, it's hard? Come on. (laughs) It sounds like it's a you problem. Just stop being ugly. Fucking hate it. Um, Quentin, some of the best lines, fucking sad story, would read history not written by him you would read history not written by i don't know what this means okay oh let me restart yeah (laughs) i know what i mean okay quentin some of the best lines truly Mm -hmm. quotes of the week really sad story but he's queer what do we expect hate that trope but also i would read his history and his whole story yeah but not written by Coco. Fair. Okay, interesting character, but the wrong author for that mm. story. Okay. I put um, LGBT character. Uh, sad. <laughs> unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I think he's unnecessary because he only seemed to serve yeah. the sad queer story. Also, lol, at me would read history. That's his story. Hello. It is his story, is what I meant. Um, Zoe, insufferable. Oh, I said irrelevant, (laughs) satisfying conclusion, brat. Um, Anders, you'll love this one. Elder fuck boy. (laughs) I actually didn't even write him down. Um, But Anders, quick reaction, why? Uh, walking, red, walking red flag. Yeah, the largest collection of red flags you've <laughs> yeah. ever seen in your life. You know life. when yeah. you see at sports, when one person is like humongous yeah. flag that they're moving with their entire. That's him. Um, Santiago, sweet baby angel, justice for him. Yeah, I said ten out of ten. Yeah, the most decent of them all. Although I wonder, is that because we didn't get to know him? Because he appeared, like, four times in the entire story. Yeah. And it was to, like, cook people food. Which oh, is, like, but the way what? he showed up for Cleo. Yeah. With the cooked food, because he knew that it's Oh, wrong. and they wouldn't let him bring it in. Stop. Yeah, Don't yeah piss no me justice for him. Um, Audrey, question mark, question mark. Don't remember much, but love your free drink game. 
Who was Audrey? Her best friend. Oh, the best friend. Oh, she yeah. The they were like the bar, yeah. the bar girly. Bar girly. I just, and I refer to her as the black one in the derogative way she was written. Woof. Because I hated it. Mm. It's like, <laughs> I will serve no purpose just to make lols and jokes. And then, oh, we'll get into it. And then finally, Jesus, justice for Jesus. Yeah. You Get deserve, that hashtag going. You deserve so much more. Yeah, I said so MVP. Fave, much more. MVP fave character. She really was. She really was. So anyway, now we have our roster of characters, all of whom we don't like bar okay. two. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Just before we dive into it, mm-hmm. I feel like it must be mentioned that the book accelerated at in like incredible speed from the moment that Jesus died. Yeah, I have to agree. I was absolutely not prepared f- first for her death, RIP Jesus, and then for everything that happens after that. Like it just like came like a shot out of the dark. I was not I was not ready. I found that very jarring. Yeah, but then what really got me from the beginning was I found that the start, the way that they meet, I did think, oh, yeah, no, that could happen. I talked to fucking everyone. Fun fact, went out on Saturday. Mm. Woke up to five-plus followers to Brunch Book Club because drunk Tara loves nothing more than networking and marketing Brunch Book Club. So I was like, yeah, I will talk to anybody when I'm drunk. So. Especially in a stairwell. Oh, well. Because also, what, like, what's he doing chirpsing a 24-year-old? Also, I don't care if you're at the same party. Do you only know her because the hostess? Like, there's such a disparity of power there. Yeah. Why are you following the 24-year-old out to her grotty? And, like, walking her home. It's just, Fuck it's off. weird. You are old enough to be her. Uh, nah. And I, I took a real issue throughout the book with the age gap and the way that mm. he always refers to her age in a very sexualized way to the point that I, there's a quote where he says, why is it so bad that, that I, why can't I acknowledge her youth and innocence and... Because it's fucking weird. That's why. the fe- yeah. As I said, like, fetishizing youth is such a weird thing within our culture that we don't address it. Like, why? It, yeah. I mean, it is interesting when you compare Cleo to mm-hmm. the person that he ends up with, which, spoiler alert, is Eleanor. She's funny. She was... Jesus and Eleanor are my favorite characters, but I think Eleanor is set up to be the hero in the story, which is what, I mean, she only has two chapters from her point of view. Does but she? They, yeah. It feels like she has so much more. Yeah, I thought that was like a really interesting part of the book is that structure of everything is told from the third person of mm. this, yeah, narrator viewing all of these tragic and supposedly interesting things that are happening to people, except for the two chapters that are told from the first person point of view, and it's Eleanor. Question. Mm. What was with the dead animals? That's Do you true. remember that? Yeah. Yeah. What? I... This is what I mean, is that, like, there were parts of the book, like, 
she's just started seeing dead animals for a while in like paper bags on the street and I was like homegirl you need to go and see a doctor talk to somebody like at the very least you need contact lenses at Frank (laughs) and you probably need to go and like actually talk about what's going on and why you're seeing dead animals and then it just stops daddy issues and that's why she goes and it's like Frank the guy there are so many things right so I want to talk about actually a quote that I read when doing research into the author is she says Along the lines of, because she, I do think it's her giving herself a free pass, but she says on the novel, I don't think it's a perfect novel, but I think that book was the best I could have possibly done for the first book. So I still stand with it, even with all of its flaws. Fair enough. Fair enough, but I do think mm, there's no actual accountability there. And I do think any accountability that can be found within it is feigned and performed. Mm. Um, because I think there are so many things that are... Oh, listen, we're not going to get on a little life hype again, but there are so many instances of where it feels like things are shoehorned in. Mm-hmm. Like seeing dead There animals. was a lot of pretty heavy themes that, that were kind of sprinkled in yeah and and then and none more so actually than the people of color yeah the characters that are part of the lgbtq plus community and they're all the secondary characters yeah that, the diversity hires oh we don't we're not here yeah. for it we're not here for it and i feel it's quite negligent to be honest yeah. because um quentin you know, king of quotes, for sure. He just has one of the saddest stories of just missing his friend. And I know we talked about mm-hmm. how some of his rhetoric around, oh, you got married and you left me, mm-hmm. is quite triggering sometimes, for, especially for people who are married, but also people who feel like they've lost a friend because they don't see them anymore because of marriage. But I feel like he was then shoehorned into that. And I don't know when she finished writing this book, but how much was that of her own experience if she found her husband and things but he had some incredible potential for a wonderful story and a wonderful insight into um a a lifestyle that isn't Mm -hmm. one that many come across or even it's definitely not mainstream and no he just becomes addicted to meth and then obviously one can only assume he dies and i think that's the thing is like even if that's the direction that you want to take the character I think you owe some sort of, you have some sort of responsibility to see that character's story through. And I think that this was part of my issue with the book, is that the characters who were absolutely going through it, were absolutely going through it to further Cleo and Frank's story. Mm -hmm. They were not, yeah, they were not people of their own right. And their stories had less value than Cleo and Frank's. And I mean, to be fair, the book is called Cleopatra and Frankenstein. So it's going to focus on these two characters and their relationship. Then why have multi-perspective? Exactly. But on that, though, for more of like a framed question, because there are so many different examples of love, friendship, relationships, whether they're fully explored or not there are hints of it or there is a full exploration of it but I'm curious to know like 
of all the different examples of love and relationships in the book, was there one that really rang true? Or one that, if you want to, was completely left field and not accurate at all? I think the one, the ones that <laughs> rang true were Santiago's relationships with everybody else. Mm. Like, the scenes that we got from his perspective felt the most true to life, and it perhaps it's because that's the most relatable story for me, and, like, my identities and my interests and my background, but in some of his relationships, like, with Frank and Anders, he sort of questions, like, why am I here? Am I just the, like, third wheel friend? What is my value here? The fat friend, that kind of thing. Like, that seemed very realistic and very true to how a lot of people feel in relationships where you're trying to figure out when the landscape has changed, where do you fit in that puzzle? And, like, are you still part of that, like, friend group? And do you still, are you still valued in the same way that you might have been before? So I think his relationships with those two men felt very true to life, but then also his loyalty and care and support of some of the other characters, whether it was Zoe and then in particularly in particular Cleo, that also just seemed very realistic and the most wholesome form of love and probably the love that like you would want someone to give to you and you would want to give to others like this is why i say he's my favorite character mm. other than jesus and i guess eleanor <laughs> is he felt the most grounded in reality but he was also who i would call like the best person mm. well just to to kind of piggyback on what you were just saying about Santiago I think one of the things that makes him so relatable as well is that he never plays a Prussian Olympics yeah he never kind of martyrdoms himself whereas I think Cleo and Frank do a lot and the oppression Olympics is very prevalent and it's very sometimes to be honest jarring and disorientating when you're reading the book because you just it, it really took me yeah. out of the book I mean you see it when they have that massive fight, fight. And the cabin, where yeah. it's just like... Isn't isn't that the one where he says something and I was like, I can't believe we're fighting over who had the worst childhood. And she, yeah. she says, we're not fighting because I know I did. And, oh, she pissed me off. Yeah, I'm like, you can both have really sad lives for it's really different diff- it's reasons. It's like, yeah. Shut up. Yeah, we're all allowed to be happy. We're all allowed to be successful. But we're also allowed to be sad and miserable. It's not a competition. And... This is what's really interesting, and I think Cleo, but to a degree also Frank, shows her age or immaturity where she still views it as a competition. But mm-hmm. I kind of want to say to her, girl, what did you win? Yeah. What did you win in that argument? What did you win overall? Well, I think it's like she won the right to, to be, be well, to be worse than him. To treat people worse than him, to treat herself worse than she imagines he treats himself. Because she is quite, I don't know that judgmental is the right word, but she does speak about like his, what she perceives as his alcoholism, his addiction to work, his um, absence from their home. 
quite often. Yeah, without... And she maintains this posture of, and my life is so hard, and my life is so miserable, and I have no agency over my decisions or what happens to me and X, Y, Z. So I think being the person who had it worse allows you to be a really shit person to someone that you think... Exactly. And I think that that is a key motivation in those arguments for her is to prove that she was worse off because she gets to do things without judgment and without accountability. Mm. It did make me not feel sorry for Frank because I didn't really feel sympathy for either. Mm -hmm. They're not sympathetic characters. But on the same token... I don't know, I felt they were incredibly obnoxious. And I don't know to what extent age came into play for either of them because they are at such significantly different stages in their Mm -hmm. life. And I think it is, to put it plainly, grotesque of a man in his mid-40s to expect a mature... 24 year old to be have the kick like to have the capacity to maintain a relationship and hashtag not all 24 year olds etc but I just think there are they are such incredibly different stages of life that he had too many high expectations of her from a maturity level from a life stance and that was of course juxtaposed against his absolute sexual lust for her youth mm-hmm. and her body and and her sexual proclivity that was kind of kind of jarred against mm-hmm. her innocence. Um, it's really interesting that he because he behaved so poorly when they broke up, and then when he finds happiness with Eleanor, he's so sanctimonious and gloating about it. I mean, I look at me, 24, I thought I was so mature, etc. But you, you look back and you think, gosh, you were just starting out and you were learning things about life. A 45-year-old man or woman or number, any person who mm-hmm. reaches the age of 45, you just go through trials and tribulations that you wouldn't necessarily go yeah, through. Yeah, I mean, you've had a life that this person has only just begun. Yeah. And that doesn't absolve her of her behaviour whatsoever. But I, I think we... I think it does contextualise it, though. That is it. It yeah. contextualises it. And I think that's something... I don't know if the author necessarily handled with the due care it should. So age and age gaps. Although I do find this interesting. Because I think this might be an area where we slightly disagree. Oh, really? Because I find it really interesting that he ended up with Eleanor, mm. who is someone who's much closer to him in age. And I think it is interesting that there's this sort of inherent battle between Cleo and Eleanor, where Eleanor is older and she's the ugly duckling, but she's funny and she's mostly stable and she's kind of the the girl next door or like she's she's your neighbor not necessarily the girl next well, door right is, like she's just she's the person in the office whereas but she's Cleo, the antithesis exactly too. and Cleo's this like young hot thing my read of the age gap definitely found it odd and I think we're both sort of on the same page of like whenever we read books that have 
a, uh, an age gap of any sort, we both sort of ears prick up and like, yeah, yep. hair on edge. Make um, it stop. But I think with him ending up with Eleanor, it was, I took it almost as a like, don't chase after, like chemistry love is not enough. Don't chase after the young hot thing. The young, like... The hot piece of ass. Exactly. Like, that will never satisfy you because you are not in the same place to provide that person with the love and care that they deserve. Mm -hmm. And they are also not able to do that for you. Mm -hmm. And you also deserve love and attention that is affirming of you, but also holds you to account in a way that someone who is 20 years younger than you probably can't do. So I found it really interesting that... There was this huge age gap between Frank and Cleo, but then Eleanor arrived sort of in the middle of that mm-hmm. and how that changed the dynamic of how age was discussed in the book. Mm. But I do think it's Frank who... I love that you're like, mm, no. <laughs> no, I agree. I just think it's interesting, though, that Frank kind of reduces Cleo to this hot piece of ass. Yeah. Um, and then is astounded that she is actually a human woman who has feelings. Who's absolutely going through it. Is messy. Yeah. Is, is, because I think, I think Frank did see Cleo as this really, like, hot thing. You know, it's never actually touched upon in the book, I don't think, about he's middle-aged, is he Mm -hmm. having a crisis, does he make... You know, is there's this whole saying of like you're only as young as the person that mm. you feel, as in literally the feeling up of a person, and it just made me think. Nah, well, one, Frank, you're a piece of trash. But I think it was a disservice to Cleo, mm. and also she exhibited much more mature approaches to things sometimes. Sometimes. Um. Than he did, but he had this such a sanctimonious approach of judging her because he was older. But then, literally in the same sentence, be like, "But that youthful body, though." Yeah. Shut up. So and he's also, going in the bin. But we don't you, like him. Did you notice though, as well, that with um, Eleanor doesn't talk about her sexually at all? Yeah. We I guess the only thing that he really mentions about her is like, she's kind of meh. To look at, but she's funny. Yeah, he doesn't talk about kissing her. I think they do have a kiss, or there's like, well, he does hands touch. Yeah, he does talk about that like electricity between them. Because hmm. I do remember a passage where they sort of talk about how they both wanted to like reach out to the They're other in the one. Bar, no? Yeah, yeah. But it's very, very uh, polarized to. Oh, for sure. The yeah. wild heat. Are you ready for the spice ball? Yes. You go first. Okay, what characters, character or characters, do you think are the kinkiest? Quentin. Okay. And Jesus. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, would you give this book to anyone? Who and why? Hmm. I think I'd leave it on the tube. Oh, someone would absolutely take it. And I'd write in it, good luck. Okay. Hashtag justice for Jesus. Also, w- would you give this book to anyone? Oh, I guess I should probably answer. Yeah, that. you're like. Bam, so bam, bam. I think characters that are kinkiest. Um, I feel like Eleanor. Oh, deep down, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't see any of that, no. but yeah. But also, I don't think she would be with Frank. 
In real life or if... No. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I want more for her, so I'm fine with that. Um, I don't know that I would bo- uh, book this gift. <laughs> gift this book to anyone. Ooh, that peppermint tea. Yeah, ooh, she's crazy. Um, yeah, I kind of like the idea of leaving it on the tube, but you've already said that, so I don't want to steal it. So I'd probably... Charge shop? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, at any point did you consider not finishing the book? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. I really wanted to drop it after the dirt scene. <laughs> it just... Yeah, that took a it turn a that lot. I wasn't really prepared for. And yeah. I always go back and forth on whether authors should include trigger warnings in mm. their books. I think that is like that is an entire episode of a podcast. Mm. This podcast, maybe. Um, but that it was really unexpected and it really... Took me out for a second. Some would call it installation art. Others would call it bullshit. Crazy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the scene in Italy, I about threw the book oh, out of an airplane. Guys, if you have or haven't, um, we should probably say at the top, spoiler alert, but um, it's one thing to try to die by suicide. It's another to do it on a mound of earth. It's another to do it in the middle of your... On a mound of earth in the middle of the flat. Yeah. Um, In the middle of New York. It's a whole, whole other spectrum of sadism to make your partner relive that experience. Your ex-partner at that point. Yeah. 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 That, that I think... That through line was not something that I I, was really interested i in. to be honest i did think though that frank's reaction was the most authentic out of the oh, entire oh for book. sure when he immediately the way that coco Mellis describes it of saying i'm i don't want to be here i don't want to be here i thought yeah. that was incredibly accurate and like yeah, and, that would be absolutely traumatizing why the fuck would you want to and she's like lol just stick with it yeah and he's like, I'd rather well and then that. like the bullshit is there's a screen on the ceiling of that sky. yeah turns to a blue sky i'm like no. Was it worth it? No. <laughs> Was it worth it, Cleo? No. no. If you had to hide a body, which character would you call on a burner phone? Of course. Obviously. Duh. I think Santiago could help a bitch out, but I wouldn't want to imposition mm. him like that. So, Anders, I think. I was going to say Anders. But. Because he's a snake. <laughs> he's got a big mouth. Yeah, but he. He'd write you out. I think he, like, locked himself down with Cleo. Oh, no, because then he went and told Santiago. Mm. Yeah. He's got a big mouth. He'd do it, but then he'd use it as leverage against you. Yeah. Um, Maybe Eleanor's mom, because she could hide it in her garden. Ooh, she's a gardener. Yeah. Then again, Quentin, just throwing him with the meth addicts could be one of them. Yeah. So you could hide a body in plain sight, but I don't like that. Yeah. Because also justice for Quentin. Who also deserves better. Who also actually, like, we haven't even touched upon it properly. He's a queer man who's who's probably gender dysphoria is really taking Mm. hold. And he is entirely belittled by Cleo. Mm -hmm. Oh, quick fire question. Uh, is Cleo a good friend? No. No, she's not. Neither is Frank. Neither no. is Anders. There are no... None, none of, of the them main might be characters are no. nice people. I do feel like Quentin was trying to be a good friend, but wasn't given the space to be himself. Yeah. 
So I think actually, you know, when we kind of were talking about how when he attacked, well, I don't know if he attacked. I think you and I would disagree, but I think he articulated his frustration with losing his friend to marriage. Um, But I think he responded so strongly because she was denying who he was and he Mm -hmm. was there screaming at her, please see me for who I am. And she didn't want to. But I don't know if that's the character, if that's the author's neglect of queer people. I do find that interesting because he was screaming for a friend who was not a good friend. Mm. So, like, there's an incredible amount of loneliness and desperation that must come out of... Like, if Cleo's the best option, that's pretty rough going, I think. Who is Cleo's closest girlfriend? I think it's Audrey? Aubrey? Audrey? Audrey. Maybe. She was so memorable. But she, I think, would have been a good friend for Quentin. Yeah. But we didn't get enough of that. I mean, I do think all of the secondary characters in this book... I'd be more interested. Who would you uh, ask to help you hide a body? I'm sticking to it. I would call Eleanor's mom. Yeah. Like, when they're planning the wake for Eleanor's father... Mm. she's been caring for him while he's been in hospice. And she's talking with Eleanor and Eleanor's brother about... What is the priest going to say if you're not sitting for X number of days in mourning? She goes, I'm going to say, so what? (laughs) And she has this, I can't remember the quote now, but she has this line around the beauty and freedom that comes in those two words of saying, so what? Mm. And I absolutely love that mentality. And I think that she would be so down to hide a body. Back to the spice bowl. My lips are tingling, if you will. (laughs) Uh, Would you read the book again? I would not read the book again. Shocking. Yeah, I think the book was fine. Um, yeah, it didn't really leave an impact for me. The characters that I enjoyed the most, we spent the least amount of time with, um, those being Santiago and Jesus. And R.I.P. Yeah, I didn't like the main characters enough to really read or want to read their story again. So, yeah. I think it's very rare, though, that I've ever wanted to reread a book. And I think the ones that I would reread, we could do a whole episode on Mm. because they really resonated with me. Yeah, it's the ones that stick with you, for better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. This is not it. Yeah. To be frank. (laughs) Lol. To be frank. Yeah. Ooh. Like, well don't be <laughs> don't be if yeah. any advice don't be be no. Santiago oh, don't be Jesus because R.I.P oh my gosh yeah but I wouldn't yeah you're again. the same I think this was just like this is a book I read 1000% I wouldn't go as far to say I wish I hadn't read it yeah because I felt obligated to in a way because it was just all over the tube it was all over yeah. every I, I knew many people who had read it yeah. Or were reading it. So I felt like I needed to be part, part of the, the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it wasn't worth my time. Yeah. So no, I wouldn't read it again. I liked it because I was reading it at the same time as you, albeit you started earlier than me. Mm-hmm. But then I read a lot of it and then I was past you and I was yeah. saying, yeah, I'm not sure about this one. But it definitely gave us a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, that being said, I know we touched upon it earlier, but we have to get put it somewhere in the we BBC have to give it a home. P realm. So where's it going? <laughs> the bin? The official BBC P shell? Or is it going to the charity shop? <laughs> you can't say on the tube because... Because you already said it. <laughs> um, y'all, this is so hard. I love a sexy cover. What was the review that you read? Or is, is oh, it was sometimes you read a book because it has a pretty cover. And, and that's, that's okay. okay. 
<laughs> and that's exactly yeah what this was for me it's such a beautiful cover and yeah maybe it's my vanity but I want her on the bookshelf because of the cover I think if I was being stricter mm-hmm. with myself I would take it to the charity shop and I'm sure it would get picked up within five seconds oh. of getting put on the shelf but she's so pretty I want her on my shelf what about you where's she going oh god um <laughs> I feel I've now set the kind of parameter is Mm. if it's going in the bin, is it a little life? And that it is not. That was going in the recycling bin though, to be fair. To be fair. Yeah. So yeah, this one can go in the bin. In the recycling bin? No. Oh, okay. Just... Oh my gosh, okay. I feel like that's really... It's not that I regret reading it, (laughs) but I'm not even going to recycle it. I think it's also because I just cannot get behind an age gap like that. I just... It makes me deeply uncomfortable. I think... It's too much we've evolved past making these cutesy oh my god but she's so mature for her age it gives me the ick um mm. and she's not a great person as we've discussed for her actions um yeah. but i do think i'd, I'd have a print of that yeah. beautiful image oh also she has her next book coming out yeah blue, blue sisters, sisters. <gasps> <Jinx>. hey <laughs> um but the cover is equally as beautiful yeah. and i would read that to be honest It does seem, yeah, it's very hotly anticipated. Well, yes, and also we've talked about, you know, that the book, she wrote it when she, well, she started writing it when Mm -hmm. she was 25, and then it didn't get picked up until she was 30, not published until she was 32. So I'm interested to see how her writing's evolved. change, yeah. And her life experience. She's, I don't know if she's still Well, yeah, now she, yeah, she's married, she's a mother, yeah, like, so much has changed. She's lived through a pandemic, like, I wonder how all of these things will have impacted change her writing. yeah her writing and, and her characters exactly yeah, maybe maybe they won't be as two dimensional <laughs> well yeah could you imagine if it's actually uh jesus's sugar baby sisters <laughs> that's the story. sugar glider oh, is it sugar? oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah lol yeah we'll see yeah so uh, if you guys are going to read blue sisters let us know Slide into the DMs and let us know. If yeah, and if you do want to slide into it. our DMs at Brunch Book Club Pod, yeah, we're there, and we're not going to pretend that we won't get excited about DMs. So do DM us. Yeah, please. Slip slide your way through with <laughs> nice things. I shared a meme to my Instagram, which is indicative of how tired I was today. Mm-hmm. That said, this meeting could have been a fist fight. Oh my gosh, I love that. And if you send us hate, you will <laughs> you will meet me. Yeah, it won't be Tatty Sugar Glider Baby. I know Sugar Baby. <laughs> it will be me. I was one guy on a dating app called me a miserable little bitch. So that's so that's the that on that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, this is why I don't like the book, is because it was too close to home. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... Oh, I feel harsh. Obviously, it's a metaphorical bin, um, but it would... Oh, I think we can to... rebrand it to the recycling bin, because then it's, like, better for the world. Eco. Yeah. No, actually, in that case, I'd send it to the charity shop, because yeah. I know some... Or you donate it to the library. Oh, I would actually send it to the charity shop with a little note in it that says hashtag justice for Jesus and that might put somebody off to go and read a better book because they'll think I'm yeah. talking about Jesus. Okay. A Lord and Saviour. You're like, ooh, tricked you. Hey. <laughs> it's not about that one. <laughs> yes, yeah, so It's about part. the sugar baby. <laughs> also known as Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> 
with okay, a with his daddy. Um, yeah, and on, on that note, <laughs> um, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, and if we don't see you in the bookshop or the library, we'll see you at brunch. Wee! Bye! Bye! Bye.